Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode originally aired on my YouTube channel on the 18th of January 2021, as I spoke to Travel With Meanings, Mike Scheibel. I spoke to Mike about why diversity within the travel sector was important, and the journey that led him to be the founder of Travel With Meaning. All of that and much more. Thanks for coming on, Mike. I really appreciate your time. How are you? Hey, man. Good to see you. I'm wonderful. Uh, well, 2020's gone, and we're on to 2021 now. So how was the year? I mean, obviously, there was obvious things that went on. Um, what's it been like for you creatively? It's been a year of deep reflection. And I know for myself, there was, as I like to say, there was multiple different waves of things that kind of came up, right? And we, we, as a collective community, were trying to figure out how to deal with it. And I know for myself, I kept leaning into past travel memories and moments to really help myself with healing. And for myself, I've been able to really pinpoint the three pivotal, meaningful, impactful travels in my life that were really important. And like yourself, I leaned out and reached out to quite a few people to have conversations that really kept me uplifted, inspired, and positive. As you just said there, uh, reaching out to people. Uh, I started this um, as, a, as a way of sort of not constantly thinking about my past and being stuck in the house. Mm. Uh, initially, when we were first went into lockdown, um, it's probably one of the best things I've ever done uh, in terms of creatively. Um, spoken to some amazing guests along the way. Uh, give me the opportunity to, to discuss travel in a way that, didn't think was possible and um i think it's a lesson learned as well because sometimes a year because obviously it's been a year since uh, well not less than a year so i would say it was like last march sometimes in that time period it can make or, or break a person i think so um i didn't want to look back let's just say in a few years time and go what did i do in that time period you know i could really have done something so you know, I managed to do this. There's a couple of other things I've done as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's really, really important that I didn't sort of fizzle out. <laughs> I think you just brought up something really interesting. And I think it's okay for people to ride that wave, as I just said before, of like, there are going to be emotional times where you're going to be like, okay, I'm being positive. Let's go, go, go. And other times where you're like, you know what? I'm going to hit the snooze and I'm going to stay in bed just a little longer. And it's like the 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 analogy of feel your feels and i think that's okay and i think we we again collectively have all been experiencing something this past year that's just extraordinarily weird and odd and has shifted everything you know everyone likes to use the word pivot and there are times you need to figure out what it is for you there are times you need to be easy on you but how can i find those little things that keep me creative and kudos to you for creating this conversation that does uplift you i know i know for myself as i said i I pumped a lot of content out for my podcast. I launched a travel game show and did 25 episodes that really was feeling good, not only for myself, but for guests. And I've just found, found ways that I could be of service to others as, as well as to myself. Uh, I just want to go back and ask you, where did love for travel start for you, for you then? So let's unpack that question. Where did my love of travel come from? 
I'm going to say it came from my parents, um, starting with my parents, as far as my mom has um, always been the explorer. Uh, my parents traveled quite a bit together, but my mom would do a lot of solo trips or with trips with friends. And, and I always saw that and I always looked at that. Um, but for myself, I grew up in a very wonderful place. I grew up in Southern California in a, a town called Pacific Palisades that, quite frankly, people from around the world try to get to. And I grew up my whole life wanting to leave. And I grew up my whole life wanting to see what else is out there in the world. And I tried to talk all my friends in high school into going on a, a big trip after graduating high school, and nobody wanted to go. Nobody was uh, ready to take that leap of faith. And I did it. I went to Europe. Um, I went by myself, but I was part of a, a group. And that initial trip, I think, was kind of like that aha moment and experiencing different things, meeting new people, like feeling like an adult in another country was just eye-opening. And I think my love for travel was completely cemented in that first experience. Well, I only realized when you, until you travel alone for the first time and experience it, um, you get a feel of, oh my God, the, you know, I have to find things to do myself. You make your own independent sort of um, schedules and stuff. There's normally there to worry about. And I think that's, that's when you really start to enjoy traveling, I think. Yeah. And, and to your point there, there's also an amazing kind of sense of accomplishment as a solo traveler that says like, I did it. I survived. I figured it out. Maybe it wasn't always easy because it's not. Life is not always easy, but you figured it out. You have a story to tell from it. And actually, uh, and I, I talk about this quite a bit. There are so many articles, I mean, from top publications that say solo travelers are smarter than other people. They say that solo travelers have figured it out. Again, to that whole point of being able to accomplish something, get over something, figure something out, how to get around in a foreign country, how to eat, how to do something, how to get by on yourself is a, is a pretty big deal. Have your wits about you as well. So let's just say for, like when I went to Rio, for example, you know, kept, was kept, you know, I was told by the, um, the receptionist or the concierge, you know, just be careful when you go out at nighttime and stuff. But then the, the more you travel alone, you, no matter where you go, you're going to be careful anyway. You could be mugged in your own home here. So um, it's sort of, you're right, absolutely right. It, it smartens you out, I think. And then, um, so with you, obviously, as you said, you've, you, you fell into the love of travel. So um, did you first initially start in the travel industry or did you have another job or how did it all begin in that? In oh, that no, I know. Um, I spent almost a decade plus in the entertainment industry as a talent agent and talent manager, uh, representing a variety of different clients from on-air newscasters to musicians to magicians to host talent, producers, experts, you name it. Uh, and I came to a really just a pivotal crossroads in my life um, where I parted ways with a couple clients. And I came to that place in my life um, literally 10 years ago <laughs> and realizing, do I stay here at home in Los Angeles and keep grinding away at a career that um, the perception of, you know, you work hard for everyone else. You make all this money and blah, blah, blah. Or you go figure it out. You go on a walkabout. You go and, and see what else is out there. And, and I came to that realization that I wasn't happy in my life. I wasn't happy thinking that I was defining happiness by if I got you a job or you a job. I didn't know who I was or what I wanted. And about a one-way ticket. About a one-way ticket. Um, 
and left for Australia with zero plans, zero connections, zero knowing or understanding of anything and um, figured it out, figured it out along the way. I've had guests from the States recently that said something very similar about um, work-life balance. You've just, I've just picked up on that. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes when you, it's all about work, work, work. Um, you don't get, to, especially in the States, I've got quite a lot of American friends who have said, you know, they only get like a, a week's vacation times, two weeks vacation. In Europe, for example, it's unheard of. We get, I mean, for example, in the UK, we get, you know, get six to eight weeks, sometimes yeah. longer. Amazing. Uh, Australia, very similar, you know. Um, or even like the Dutch, the Dutch or the Germans, they get between six and 10 weeks and like it's standard. So you have that opportunity to have a life where the problem with America, and that's a whole different conversation for another podcast, another conversation. But the, the reality is, the way the structure is created in the States for work is you get your standard two weeks, maybe a few more if you've been at a company longer. But the reality is you have those two weeks and people try and fit in their family vacations or other things, whatever that can happen within that. And then the other problem that happens is, especially if you're maybe a younger professional, you're worried that somebody else might take your role or your jobs or other things if you travel. And so that has been the mentality for so many years as far as like when you take a vacation, what you don't. And frankly, in the last decade, that's shifted quite a bit as far as what a nomad lifestyle looks like, remote workers opportunities. And so all that's kind of shifted. I mean, that was, that was unheard of when I left and when I started traveling. Like, you just didn't do that. The freedom as well. So you're not restricted to um, – I think, obviously, things have changed. Obviously, 2020, a lot of people went remote in terms of working. Mm. So I can see I – th I, I was l listening to one of my talks, I think it was back in May, and I spoke about then, actually, that remote working could be a thing going forward. And I think this year – um, more and more people who go back into the well would want to go back into the office. Well, actually, I'd rather not. I, I have the freedom to work from wherever in the world. Why would I want to give up that, you know, luxury? And um, and it's you were very bold as well, by the way. You know, just going with right. I got to just it, well a job that you had very secure, and then all of a sudden you said no. I'm going to make the decision and go out there on my own, and then. You know, but sometimes you need to take those risks. Otherwise, if you don't take those risks, then you're yeah. not going to find out, are you? Very well, very said. Well said, I should say. Um, I guess it's the it's the analogy: leap in the net will appear, and you have to have that trust in yourself and trust in the in the adventure, right? And just know that whatever's going to happen is going to change your life. Whatever's at home will be there. And so, for myself, and I, and I've always been, I guess, ahead of the curve on some level because. There was no real social media when I left. There was Facebook and I would post things to Facebook and I would have people freaking out like, where are you? What's going on? But there was no Instagram. There was no TikTok. There was no, no, there was Twitter because I used Twitter quite a bit when I traveled. Um, but it was a different realm and different conversation. Luckily, I should say, because I don't believe things had oversaturated the conversation. And back to your point, as far as people choosing 2021 and beyond to remote work, I think it's phenomenal and I believe in it. And I think that is something that helps people grow. It opens their eyes to innovation professionally. But my, my hope and my, my plea is that people do it from an intentional standpoint. And I really hope that people aren't using it just for, like I want people to go and have a good time. I want people to have, I like a good party. But I do believe that there are times where the influencer conversation and the oversaturation 
of social media and the lack of intention around what you're doing to connect locally and how are you going to make a big difference if and when you do come home, I want to make sure there's bigger meaning for people and not just how do I make a quick buck off some presets or other ways that you can just go and, and keep going. So that's my take. Actually, that's interesting because um, you were on a panel with me last year, uh, towards the end of last year, and we spoke about the storytelling aspect of of so, well, social media, everything really. And um, you, you're right. When I first started traveling, there was no social media uh, whatsoever. Um, I think I only sort of started using Instagram properly 2015-ish, I think it was. So I, I was very late to it. Um, let's just put it that way. Um, but the way you tell a story now has completely changed. Again, I spoke about this all last year. One of the days where you had 20 years ago, maybe it was... You saw the likes of David Attenborough on television. I grew up watching him and then a couple of other people came along and I wanted to be like them, you know, tell a story through, you know, struggles. And But now I think it's shifted. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, by the way, where there's a lot of emphasis on taking selfies and, you know, sometimes when you see pictures of people with their hands behind their back, you know, couples and stuff, sometimes leaves an image for uh, other travellers thinking that's, that's the lifestyle. Um, but what, what do you really get out of that? Oh, yeah, completely. But I mean, there's a couple of things there. There's the Instagram versus reality, right? There's that conversation. There's perception. There's the intention of why are you posting it? Are you posting it because you generally want to share this? Are you posting it for the selfish feels of wanting to see what kind of likes you get? And there's the weird balance. And look, we all kind of play in that sandbox. And I know for myself, maybe it's because I watched The Social Dilemma. Maybe it's because I tried to spend a little bit of time um, in 2020 disconnecting and spending more time um, doing tangible experiences, doing road trips, doing things that got me back to me, um, that I've really wanted to distance myself from social media and really wanting to distance myself from fake versus reality. It's not that I don't think it's useful or helpful or supportive. I really do. But I also think it's, it's, you know, an evil that needs to be managed. Um, part of the reason why in 2020, I, I launched doing curated road trip experiences with, with a buddy of mine. And it's that whole conversation that we realized in 2020 that it's a virtual world, right? Everyone is living on Zoom and other places. And we were craving these tangible experiences, especially that tangible experience that travel gives you. That real thing that you could touch, that you could feel, that you could experience. You can't get that from social media. You can make up something. You could create expectations around something that's not going to happen. But I started leaning more into just taking these road trips and taking people into nature and having that experience that's real. So I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit the influencers or put down that conversation. But for myself, I definitely put a pause and step away a little bit from how much I believe in that and how much I put stock into almost caring with that, you know, because sometimes it's, it's easy to fall down that rabbit hole of like, how many followers they have, or how much does that post have? Or like, what do you have to do for social media? I don't care. I mean, I, I know it's important for a brand at times. I'd rather have a great conversation with someone. If people see it great, I will promote it through my channel. People who've come to my talks and the live talks or heard the podcast or whatever it's been, they know the quality of work and they know what the conversation is going to be. Um, but I do believe that as we've come through this or coming through the side of a new world, um, the reckoning of 
how social controls us is a big conversation. You launched Travel With Meaning uh, as a way of, I guess, helping others um, finding their way to travel. And uh, you just mentioned some events. You do quite a lot of things. I've noticed you do podcast events. Um, Again, did that all start off by you wanting to help people? Uh, Was that the main reason? Yeah, great question. So the mission for Travel With Meaning is to encourage, inspire, and support travel. The reason we, I started it was this, is that when I had left and bought a one-way ticket and started traveling, over the course of my travels for a year, I interviewed almost 80 people, asking everyone the same three questions. What inspires you? What are you grateful for? And what does travel mean to you? I asked everyone, random questions at all times of the day, just to hear people's answers, because people become their, their real, true, authentic self when they travel, and you, you get answers from people they might never say. What happened was when I came back, from traveling and fell back in my rut home in Los Angeles of what a job looks like and blah, blah, blah. I wanted to share that content. And so I started hosting these travel talk events to bring together like-minded travelers to hear some of the stories and videos that I had shared. And then what I started doing was calling friends of mine who were maybe successful professionals. They were actors, they were CEOs. And I would interview them to hear travel stories from them that maybe they never told anyone else. And what I found was that really interesting gray area of travel as far as those connecting conversations. And I would, I would go to different networking events in LA and the industry and the travel industry. And nobody ever talked about travel. They talked a lot about free trips or jockeying for a position with bloggers. But I felt people were missing the true essence of, tell me that time you went to Paris for the first time. What was it like? What was the meaning for you? And so I really just fell into that space of hosting these monthly events with really interesting people from Grammy-winning singers to acclaimed chefs to you name it, just really cool people to all connect and bond around travel. From the live events, we spun that into the podcast um, and really just enjoyed those conversations with, with truly just remarkable people. Because I believe whether you've won an Academy Award or you surf 100-foot waves, we can connect on travel. You know, I can say. Paris or Italy to you. And like, we've had different experiences, but we can bond on what it feels like, what, what happens there. And so I think that again, is one of the, the beauties that I've experienced from doing these conversations. One of the reasons why I started this as well was to, because I wanted to vary it each week. And uh, so I've been doing it consecutive now since last April. I want to talk about certain aspects, as you just said there, when it comes to traveling, traveling that people don't talk about. So you, you go through some struggles or, you know, you might have got mugged somewhere and stuff. And those are experiences that people don't talk about. And I thought well, it could be a good way of, of bringing that onto my platform and just talk. And then I think I had someone last year who spoke about uh, a condition that she had and, you know, can't get out of bed at times, but still traveling and stuff. And one question I want to ask you then in when it comes to, I guess, the, the skill of, interviewing people because the way I approached it was it's not an interview think of it as like a a chat over coffee or whatever and then so the conversation is natural where did you learn the craft and did you watch people going back and I'll I'll tell you my my where I got some of my um, inspiration from so where did that all how did that start with you where did you learn are you going to tell me your inspiration first late 80s early 90s they were really in-depth 
you know, um, interviewers. So in the UK, there's a there was a guy called Michael Parkinson. Uh, I don't know whether you've heard him, but he had the biggest guests ever, you know. And um, I used to love his in-depth conversation. It used to go on for half an hour, 45 minutes. And so I thought, well, that could be a good idea because you don't really see those, especially in American TV. I, I, every now and again, I might catch something and it's very short. It's like five minutes. And in between that five minutes is like a commercial break. So how much do you really get to know about that person? So I really wanted to go down the old school, I guess. I guess it's actually in America, they used to have some a guy called Dick Carey. I, I watched a little bit of his stuff um, where it was very intense, you know, deep conversation. So I wanted the conversation used to be deep. So I watched a lot of his stuff back. And there's another entertainer called Michael Barrymore in the UK. And the way he used to do his interviews, um, he never used to, before he had his guest on, he never used to look up any of the, because back in those days, you know, there's no internet. You know, you couldn't really find out about anyone. So you'll never research his, his, his guest. He'll go on there and it will be just like a natural conversation. And he used to have some of the best conversations going so i try to combine both of those uh, so i watched a lot of their shows i mean a lot just to get a bit of a feel you know like michael parkinson will have his you know hands like that or whatever and you know sort of the those sort of mannerisms uh, i just watched and just picked up but the more i've gotten used to doing this so when i first started doing it um you know there's a big script i used to have everything written down but now Literally, I'll just go a couple of questions I'll have. And I'll, if, if it doesn't go down that route, I'll just, I'll, it'll pop in my head, okay, I've got another question for you. So um, I think that's where my sort of uh, inspiration came from. I think it starts for me with curiosity, right? A, a curiosity from the standpoint of why do I want to have this person on the show and why do I want to engage with them, right? So their time, my time is the most valuable thing in the world. Time, can't get it back. So I think there are certain guests where it's like, smooth as butter it's just a flow and you're like that was amazing and then other times you're like you're pulling teeth you're trying to figure it out but what i found for myself is the, the guests i get truly excited about or the guests that like i just pine after or maybe like i've chased for like two years and like then you have that conversation it's travel stories are different because it's not so much as you said it's not an interview it's a conversation and i want to get to that root of what has made an impact on you? Where was that? And maybe there are times after a conversation where I'm like, oh, I could have dug deeper. Or, oh, I could have like asked this a little more. But for me, as long as I get a couple questions that I know I want to get and I get a couple of those tidbits of like things that really happened, that really changed you, what I found, and this is how I know either A, it's a good interview or I've done my job or whatnot, is if I hear from that person whether it's the next day or weeks or whatever, and you have a conversation and that person is still thinking about a travel story or that person is like, you know, there's more I want to talk about or whatever that would look like. Because what happens with travel stories, and you've probably experienced this, is that it's not a common thing that people are sharing these stories. But what happens is you are prying at very important memories that have happened to them. And maybe when they think about it, something is completely jarred inside them. And so from that standpoint, they are thinking about it days later, weeks later, that, you know, you hopefully are helpful. You're helping someone rekindle a memory that was special to them. So to your point, for myself, I mean, it's just a lot of trial by error, a lot of just like learning and figuring out where my flow is with that person. 
you know, wanting to really have a genuine excitement and curiosity for like who this person is and like what their story is that got them to this point. So sometimes I might not see that guest. Um, so I, I try not to actually uh, speak to them prior to them coming on. Again, I took that sort of, because um, I really want it to be as authentic. Sometimes if you know too much, um, you're, I guess, on camera, it can be quite performative. So I, I try and keep it as natural as, so I took that again from, from Michael Barrymore. Uh, but it's one thing, you, you, you're building a relationship within that talk, um, literally. So it's, again, engaging. So as a, I might have a set, set questions like yourself uh, that I want to ask. I, I will say really quick, because it's kind of a funny story you brought up. When I first started doing my talks, and I'd probably done maybe eight or 10 of them or so, I, I didn't even have a valid passport at the time. I, I, I hadn't traveled anywhere in quite some time. And I found the first year I was doing this was kind of a kick in the butt to myself to get myself back in gear. Because I found myself constantly talking about what I had done, right? Where I had been and talking to my guests and it was bumming me out. And then in 2018, I traveled quite a bit. 2019, I had incredible adventures. 2020 is a different year. But I used it as a springboard for myself. And I don't tell many people because it's really funny that like, no, I really launched all this with no valid passport. So even if somebody was going to send me somewhere like, well, I couldn't have gone anywhere right away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's actually quite funny um i mean no passport and I, I guess did you when you had no passport is it because you fell out of love of travel or because i couldn't not imagine not having a passport and not going somewhere i it's not even that i fell out of love i didn't even know my my passport had, had expired i had is that is that the, going back to the work life the, the work 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 not realizing what's going on oh my god my passport's run out yeah, no, I because I'd gone to Bali. I think it was probably twenty fifteen or sixteen, and and I guess I'd known when I'd come back, my passport had expired, but forgot about it. I guess, and then throughout twenty seventeen or something, I when I was doing the start of these shows, that's when it kind of hit me that like, oh, I I can't even go anywhere. That's kind of funny. Um, so it was more just kind of. I guess not paying attention. I don't know. There was there was no never any falling out of love of it. I, if anything, it, it had been amplified at that point, but it, it was kind of the uncertainty and unknowing of what directional opportunity to really push the conversation. Tell me really quick, if you don't mind me asking, like, I mean, again, I, I've, I've read parts of your book. I've, I've been on a panel with you. I've, I've listened to some of this stuff and like, I find you a very fascinating traveler. What do you feel for you is your most meaningful travel experience that you've had that you could like look back and be like, that is a moment that changed my life. Cambodia was the most amazing time where it changed me for the better. So on an emotional level prior to that, growing up, Bangladesh is my background. Uh, parents are from there. Um, there's within the Asian household, you know, you've got to be, especially for boys, by the way, um, you've got to be rock hard. You you can't cry, you can't show your emotions. Um, I think I've never seen my granddad cry, for example. And then that that sort of stems from that. So growing up, I, you know, almost grew up stone cold. And so it was until I went to Cambodia in 2015, so about five years ago now. And I went to Phnom Penh, the killing fields, and it was like the biggest 
eye-opener and I don't know what happened all the floodgates started to come out and then it was I remember it was the tour guide sort of giving us a description of what happened really got me going and then seeing all the skulls if anyone's ever been it's amazing to go you know you see the skulls and everything um it really changed the way I looked at life you know at a completely different perspective if it wasn't for that time you know I probably could have still been going on with my travels and not really I mean, I'm not saying I didn't grasp it early on, but I, th- I think I was at an age, I was in my late 20s, um, I really started to understand what travel was about, really. And it's about really opening up your mind, your body um, to life and giving back. Because I looked at them, the, the Cambodians, um, some of them, it was a, their history is quite recent. And I had met people who'd lost family members, had to walk to school four miles every day back back home. Um, I thought to myself, I'm pretty lucky where I am, very fortunate. Yeah, so, it sounds like it gave you a really deep appreciation for for others, for yourself, and gratitude for just like your opportunity and like seeing that in a different lens as opposed to just on a vacation. The other thing about that experience as well was um, j- just in terms of like my material I mean I was never a materialistic guy anyway I never grew up with much but I, I just didn't value anything that was materialistic anymore I mean as I said you not that I did beforehand but like for my 30th birthday which was a few years after that um you know people asked me what do you want do you want this so you can buy and I was like no actually just if you're going to give me anything just give me money so I can go experience another adventure you know um and i barely but i don't buy clothes anymore you know if i do buy a top for example it'll be on my travels because i mean would you get out of it and stuff so um so that it really changed my completely the way i looked at life and um the way i experience life now is just completely different to what others might do so that was a it was a really really amazing time in my life i mentioned like um in 2020 when i when we we're in kind of lockdown modes and whatnot. And I was digging deep myself as far as what travel has created for me. Uh, I, I pinpointed these three pivotal trips. And so I kind of look at like all three of them as really just interesting kind of building blocks and um, opportunities of growth myself. So the first time that, that I went to Europe when I was 18 was a, a very pivotal moment for myself as far as the eye opening that, that, oh, I like this. I want to experience more places. I want to do more. Um, couple years after that, I went and studied abroad and lived in London for six months and traveled extensively. And that, again, was a really big jumping off point for me. Uh, I ended up not going back to my college. I went and did other things and, and really um, just felt that experience is like, oh, so much more eye-opening and things uh, that, that came my way. And then definitely the third trip as far as um, buying the one-way ticket to Australia and traveling with no plan and, and solo and just really becoming who I am today because of that. So I think those three trips especially create the meaning for myself or who I am. And also to the point of, I think once you realize that you have become like this conscious traveler, that you're completely open, you're not going backwards. I'm not going to go back and just sit at a club med and drink my ties all day. I mean, maybe for like an afternoon, that'd be great. But reality is that I'm always going to have a, a, something I look at differently. You know, I'm always going to be that person who's, who's talking to random people. I'm always going to be that person who's looking on the other side of somewhere we're staying to see 
what the locals are doing and just getting out there and experiencing. And I think those three kind of pivotal moments have, have taught me how to, how to be. One thing also, um, I think one of the questions I think I asked you during our panel talk was, um, do you see yourself as a, as a role model? Now? I, I don't know. Um, if people, from when I initially left and traveled by a one-way ticket and people were inspired and, and I set up a lot of people years after with contacts I made, it's cool. I don't know if I look at myself as a, as a role model. I think it's a funny word. If, if any way my conversations or experience can encourage people to go, it's cool. No, it's actually, us in the UK, the, the Brits, because um, in, in our schooling system, we always just talk about, you know, you can, let's be a role model to, I think, is, is that more of an, 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 I don't know whether it's an American thing. Because when I had the guys on the panel, all of them, because you're all, I guess it was an American panel that I had, all, none of them sort of said, no, I don't really want to be in a role model. I think role model has been just characterized in such a different way in probably the last 20 or 30 years in, in the States. Um, maybe worldwide, but I think once upon a time, the role model was seen as this or something. And then I feel like that's shifted so much. And I think especially in the last 10 years where individuality has been celebrated so much more and it's like, be you, you know, role models are whoever they are. There's people who can create inspiration for you that, you know, did something and you go create your own roadmap. Um, people I look up to, but you know, it's, it's, it's not the same conversation, but it's almost like something saying about a mentor, you know, if myself who, did a lot of my own professionally. Like I, I had people I looked up to and people I, I'd have great professional conversations with. I never felt I had mentors. I had a couple people I really admired them professionally, but I think like-minded travelers, travelers in general, have a way of just figuring it out on their own and exploring on their own. So if my actions and my experience in turn encourage you to go do that, that's cool. I don't think that's deemed role model from the standpoint of, you pine away at, at wanting to meet me and do the things I do. But if by leading by example, you can go and do that. Cool. You know, but, um, I don't think people are going to have my picture or my poster on their wall as a little kid and, and dream of me as a role model. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of an awkward picture, but whatever. In terms of what you did last year and you couldn't do, what would you like to do this year and, um, going forward? Well, I, I definitely want to continue with doing some more road trips from these tangible experiences. I, I, I do really believe that no matter where we are in this year, whether it's spring, summer, or whatever, people are still going to be very much hurting and, and need healing. And I believe the best way to find that is in, in nature. Nature is the best therapy we can do. When you, when you say hurting, it doesn't necessarily have to mean you know, they've lost loved, loved ones and stuff. You're more like just sort of being stuck in the house or whatever. Man, everyone is having um, just. PTSD and just lockdown fatigue and, and conversation fatigue of what any of this had looked like. I mean, you know, when, when all this came about in March of 2020, everyone was baking bread and doing workouts online and people were, you know, we'll get through this together. Granted, I'm stoked. That's great. But like a year plus later, like people were like, enough, I'm done. Tap me the F out, you know, no, no more. And I get it. I get every side of it. So to your point, I, I really found for myself being in nature, going to the mountains, going to the desert, going to the mountains and jumping in lakes and finding hot springs and just sitting and hugging a tree was freaking magical, man. And it was very therapeutic for myself just to go and listen to nothing but myself and just sit there. So 
I do very much want to continue those opportunities to share that with people. Um, I had looked to take a pivot even out of the day-to-day of travel and um, start a couple different professional things just to give myself some stability and some sustainability even. Um, Because I do believe, and I'm sharing this, that like, I do believe the travel industry will come back, but I believe as a whole, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a fruitful, beneficial place for people. And you have to also look at yourself and say like, what is my lifestyle? And, and I say this from the standpoint of this, I love travel. All I want to do is encourage, inspire and support people traveling. It's like my bread and butter. I love it to a T, but also you have to look at like, where does that take me? And is it, is it, am I chasing every sponsor around the, around the globe because X, Y, and Z, or do I do this from a passionate standpoint and have my, my other thing that allows me to keep the lights on? I don't know. And so during the past year, I spent a lot of time looking at that and increasing my skills and, and, and leaning into some new stuff and finding ways that I could become the best version of myself that allows me to help others and not desperately figure out how does the travel industry, you know, make me something like I, I don't want to rely on anyone. I want to just do. You don't necessarily have to travel all the time to be a traveler. Um, but sometimes you have to reflect. I think um, not traveling has actually helped me in, in some respects, because before that, it was like constantly on the move, on the move, on the move. But last year to a point, I mean, I was lucky enough to actually travel at some at what at one point in my uh, 2020. Um, but it was a different way of traveling. Um, but yeah, sometimes you're absolutely right. You know, you got to look back and go, does it, does it, does it what am I, why again, to your motto, travel, travel with meaning, I guess. Are you traveling yeah. for a reason? You know, is there yeah, a meaning? Why? Where, where's the why? And, you know, we, we do like to look at like the Simon Sinek, right? Start from why. And I think if we as people create that intention of what you're doing, why you're going, you have a bigger meaning for what it is. doesn't mean your expectations have to always sit with that, but you do need to have that intentional why for what you're doing. Um, I mean, my 2020 started off with a bang. I, I was flown to Bermuda to host a series of events. Um, I had a couple other things, and then you know everything kind of shifted, and we, we went a different direction. Away from your work travel, I mean, I know you said you like to go out to certain remote places and just relax and stuff. Anything else that you like to do that people don't um, know? Any day I can get in the water, whether I jump in the water for a surf or just even jump in the water to swim or something in nature, or something that, especially nature, but something in water is always a game changer. Um, it's funny, and, and going back for a second, when, when I was a talent agent, and kind of a big moment for me, and realizing that I was defining my happiness off getting other people work, right? And it's a funny thing because I loved that I was being of service, but I realized I didn't know anything about myself because I deemed my happiness off your happiness. I realized that when I became happy was when I got in a body of water. And so I figured out that for myself, any day I can get in the water, not just a bath or a shower, but like a, a lake or a stream or the ocean, I'm happy. And so that's, that's something. So I, I love to get in the water. I love just to go for hikes or just walks even. Like I'm a big walker. Like even if I just go for like a 20 minute walk a day, um, those are pretty big things for me. Like any day I can just get out and just kind of listen and just be a part of nature what about in terms of relationships has traveling affected relationships or are you in a relationship i am i'm I'm with my partner of gosh almost eight years um 
I guess you've gone on this journey with her, really, then, haven't you? This journey currently, yeah. Other journeys, no. Uh, but I think my one-way ticket journey helped get me to where I am today. Um, her and I have been on many, many journeys together. And I would say that, like travel, you learn how to communicate and, and figure out different things. And relationships are the best learning lesson for anything. And so her and I have learned how to coexist, co-communicate, and co-create together. And it's been an extraordinary adventure, ups and downs, but um, partnership has, has been tremendous. I always ask uh, fellow travelers, uh, you know, relationship questions, because there's a lot of, uh, last year I, had, I did quite a few shows where a lot of people would tell me, travels affected their relationships or you know, they're still single and uh, i notice there's a trend actually within the, the world of travel that there's not many <laughs> you're traveling solo and you know some of my friends you know good looking guys i've got some friends or girls who are absolutely gorgeous and you're like what are you still doing single and um and again the one thing they kept telling me was committing to a relationship could affect the way they they're living you know this life where it's amazing you know constantly on the move and stuff and um but then i myself similar thing you know uh, my mindset was always oh if i fall into a relationship you know does that that person will have to like what i do and you know but then i guess you sometimes fall into that trap don't you but then i don't know i guess you know it's amazing that you've got someone that that um supports you i think but I, but i also think to each his own and I think if, if that's the mindset, you're like, I don't want to do this because X, because I'm this, then that's not for you. You want to go and have that player lifestyle or whatever that chooses and no judgment on whoever you are, or whatever you choose to do. Um, I spent a good amount of my time traveling, thinking and wanting to find a partner and struggled quite a bit with relationships, whether it's... Uh, a traveler I could have a great connection with in Chiang Mai and we hang out for a, a couple of weeks and then I think this is it. I would get in my head a lot about that kind of stuff. And so as a solo traveler, you don't always want to be a solo traveler because then you, you find someone else. And then when you find someone else, you don't want to be with that someone else. So there's again, that balance. What do you want? What do you want? You're never happy. Right. And so I struggled quite a bit with that and found myself, you know, leaning into this, this relationship when I got home and have done a lot of work on it, but we also are very supportive of each other's goals and, and opportunities. And um, I, I also think I'm, you know, I, I'm a little older than a lot of younger travelers and have been a more experienced. I've been married. I've done things. And like, you know, I, I love to still take trips by myself. I also really love when my partner comes. So coming through, you know, 2020, the first time I left town in Los Angeles, I, you know, I left her home and I went camping for a week by myself. Like I have to get the F out of here. I have to go figure some stuff out for myself. I need to go find a lake just to jump in for me. Part of the reason I wanted to go was for me, my own growth. Part of the reason I wanted to go was to explore new places so I could go bring people. Be like, look what I found. Um, yeah, balance. Actually, that, we talk about that balance again, that life balance, you know, relationship balance and stuff. Um, you, you find it, you're going to find it your own way, I think. So, uh, but for any single people still out there, I guess, um, there's, Keep going. there's hope. There's hope less. <laughs> it's funny. And I, and I say this because I've been in a relationship for a long time now, but I can't imagine how hard it is to be single, especially in the year that we've had one. 
Two, in today's world where social media and, and apps are such a dominant thing. But the one thing I'll say that is to don't ever lose faith. And I'm sure you've heard this and, and I've heard this from every guest I've ever interviewed is you just keep going. And so whether it's having a partner or a career or a travel or whatever it is, you just keep going. It doesn't mean every day is going to be easy or good, but you just keep your forward momentum. Absolutely. You know, and whatever it is, find one thing a day that's going to make you feel good. Do it. Come to the end of our talk. I uh, really enjoyed this. It's flown by. Um, really appreciate you coming on. Before I jump, can I ask you one more question? One yes. question? Yes, go on. What, is, what does travel mean to you? For me, travel is a way of um, opening up my heart and being open to the world and getting others to open up as well. That, that's, for me, what travel is all about and uniting as one. Because uh, if you notice, I've I've been on certain trips where it doesn't matter what religion, background, anything you are, you can unite as one. That's what travel really does for me. And I missed a lot of it last year. When I went away last year, uh, that's one thing I missed. Um, so for nearly a month when I was in Turkey, there was no no one around really to, to connect with. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I'd say travel means to me anyway. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Right, Mike, well, thank you very much, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. All right, brother. Be well. Cheers. You can follow my guests on all of their social media platforms. The details are in the description. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.